You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurry.com. Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast. Well, good evening, Dorothy. How are you doing tonight? I am doing very well. How are you guys doing? We're doing excellent. I'm super excited. First, I'm excited for the new short intro. I just love saving that extra five minutes that we get going and, and, and rolling with things. And uh, I always like cello, so I like that. Anyway, I'm super excited. I have with us in the studio tonight Tony Kipworth. He's, he's calling in from Texas. Um, for those of you that, that don't know, I'll give you an introduction. Tony um, was a, a former right-hand man of, um, of Curry uh, Blake at, at JGLM Ministries. And um, Tony was really an instrumental part in um, – and helping to move me along in getting stronger results with healing. Uh, the Lord just placed each other in, in, in our lives uh, a couple of years ago, and Tony always availed himself, made, me, uh, made, made himself available when I would text or have questions or have phone calls. And uh, in the course of the last couple of years, Tony and I have gotten to be very good friends. I'm honored to consider him a very good friend of mine. Um, he's a prayer warrior. He's a true man of God. And Tony's going to be uh, really sharing. I'm going to be really interviewing Tony on uh, on healing. I've talked to you guys in the past about wanting to do studies on healing. We've moved into the Gifts of the Spirit series, and um, I just thought this is a wonderful opportunity for Tony to come in. He has um, some real battle time experiences in the trenches, traveling a lot, not only teaching on healing, um, but moving from theology to, to the throne room, to actually releasing the power of God, releasing healing upon, uh, upon the people that he ministers to and getting some amazing results, a lot of amazing results. So, um, Tony, are you with us? Absolutely, absolutely. Tony, thank you. I know that you're super busy, so thank you, thank you for coming yeah. on board and for, uh, for, for, for letting us do this, this little interview and this teaching on healing. So that's wonderful, wonderful. Wanna... I'm sorry, say that again, Tony? Yeah, that's wonderful. I don't know. Are you guys picking me up very well? We are, yeah. I'm probably okay. just awesome, excited awesome. to have you on here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am very excited, too. First and foremost, I want to thank the Father, you know, for this opportunity. And this is such a blessing to be able to uh, just the, share that, uh, that gospel, that, that revelation uh, with you all and to the listeners. Thank you so much, David, for the opportunity and Dorothy for being on here, too. Um, just a little bit of a background, as uh, David was given that introduction um, several years ago. I started out, and I was, I'm actually 36 now, so back in, uh, I was about 29, uh, close to 30 years old. I just recently became saved, and, you know, just, I, I dove straight in. It was like um, night and day difference between uh uh, the the day before I got saved and the day after I got saved and moved to Texas. I'm actually from Oklahoma, but I met my wife 
in Oklahoma and uh, we came down here and got settled and she's actually from Texas. So she wanted to be back over here with family. And we got introduced um, back in 2012 to John G. Lake Ministries, which they were actually uh, more networking type ministry. Uh, Curry Blake and his family, they're traveling uh, evangelist and they were in the process of setting up um, a, a church building in Plano, Texas. So we uh, just got plugged in because we we're kind of uh, floating out there for a little while. We didn't know, you know, really what we wanted to do in, in ministry, but we knew that we wanted to serve the Lord and we just wanted to do it in any kind of capacity that we could. We just wanted to make ourselves available. And we got plugged in immediately with John G. Lake Ministries. So we were able to do volunteer work, and we did that for a little over a year, which is kind of like, you know, earning your stripes and um, did that grunt work and some of the things that you wear about 20 different hats. And it was, it was an absolute yeah. blessing. And it, it was so fun. So then we got we plugged in and became uh, staff members, like official staff members. So we're doing administrative work and different types of things. My, my wife is actually more administrative. I'm uh, more of the, the people a person, a relationship maker, so to speak. And we had different opportunities within the ministry. We were extraordinarily blessed uh, to be able to be a part of John D. Lake Ministries. And I got different opportunities as far as uh, preaching engagements. I got to travel on the road um, with Curry. So I saw some phenomenal um, miracles happen, just, you know, the God's hand and everything as it has always been. And it's just been a wonderful time. Recently, you know, we are no longer with John D. Lake Ministries, but um, we continue to uh, preach the gospel wherever we go because we believe that's an absolute mandate no matter where you are. And currently I'm uh, serving in um, the city of Wiley, which is just a town of about 50,000 people here in Texas or North Texas. And I get to preach to those guys up there. So it's phenomenal. So. <laughs> That's awesome, Tony. That's great. Tony, along those lines, and we'll hop right into it, um, tell me, you know, are you thoroughly convinced, according to Scripture, that as New Testament believers, that it's God's will for all to be well? Do you ever believe that God wants anyone to be sick? Absolutely not. I will answer that. Uh, just, it's very simple. Um, I believe it is 100%, without a doubt, unequivocally, uh, God's will for us to be healed uh, completely from head to toe, inside out, no, no matter what. And I believe that 2016, almost 2017 years ago, that Jesus paid that extraordinary price uh, for that freedom uh, to which we get to experience. Uh, so I definitely believe that is God's will for us to walk in uh, divine health and that divine right. Tony, you, you, you sound thoroughly convinced of that. Um, I can hear the conviction in your voice. It matches my own conviction. But for, for the sake mm -hmm. of the body of Christ, for the sake of the listeners, I really want to tease this apart a little bit. Where do you see this in Scripture, in the New Covenant? How, what got you to the place where you were absolutely convinced um, that, that it is God's will for us to not only pray for the sick, um, but mm -hmm. to heal the sick? So I don't really say pray for the sick. I mean, as in James where it says, you know, let them call upon the elders of the church and they, the prayer of faith will raise them up. 
you know, we've kind of gotten into our head, well, maybe we pray for the sick, but, you know, we don't really know if it's God's will. And if it is God's will, then he decides to heal. But really, the scriptures don't say that. Can you, can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I like to keep it very simple, very plain, as it was um, taught to us and, and revealed to us um, as we were serving in the ministry. But it goes back to, and it's, of course, it even goes back before uh, New Testament time, you know, as it uh, says in different scriptures throughout Psalms, you know, the psalmist definitely expressed um, the the fact that um, that God wanted, uh, you know, his people to be healed and live in that type of freedom. But in just kind of, you know, fast forwarding to uh, Matthew 10, as you know, Jesus clearly picks out the 12 disciples and he gives them uh, those instructions. He tells them, you know, what to do. And it's pre- it pretty much laid it all down. You know, he said, pray, pray for the sick. He said, this is what I want you to do. And it was pretty easy. He gave them, he gave them such simple instructions. And sometimes they weren't always uh, <laughs> the, the, the most simple um, as far as carrying out. But of course, you know, it, it happens today as well. But Matthew 10, when he's talking, uh, when he's telling the disciples to pray for the sick and cast out demons and, you know, cleanse uh, or the, the lepers and whatnot, and then jumping into Matthew 10 and also Mark 16, of course, we're all uh, very fond of those scriptures. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those basically some uh, like three of the scriptures, especially New Testament that um from a subconscious level and a renewing of my mind level are buried there they're like fiber optic fiber optic cables they you can't move yeah. them they're just buried there <laughs> yeah amen yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so when when you're approaching um when you see someone that's uh, that's sick that uh, has an ailment that that's whether it's cancer whether it's um whether it's uh, strep throat whether it's uh, the flu whether it's uh, rheumatoid arthritis uh gallbladder or anything is there is there any difference to you do you see any difference in scripture where it talks about the authority that was given to us well um as far as uh identifying you know of course there are thousands upon thousands of uh, different types of diseases and different names for other uh, various things, but it doesn't specifically, or to my knowledge at least, it doesn't specifically say or, or highlight uh, different names or, or different uh, types of variables that connect to sickness. It just has the one name, Jesus Christ, and that mm-hmm. is the name above all names. I truly believe in that, that one name. And this is the reason why he didn't have to put anything else into the Bible to mention any other names. Everything else is under the name of Christ. No matter if it's tuberculosis or HIV or a common cold or whatever the case may be, um, it's just as simple as that. It's underneath the name of Christ, and that's where, you know, of course, we're taught uh, to leave it. So, Tony, what about then, right, whenever we talk about healing, you know, whenever we talk about, um, you know, Mark sixteen fifteen, you know, and, and, you know, Jesus speaking to him, you know, just before he's, he's ready to go back, he's, you know, fulfilled the covenant, and the Lord says that, you know, 
Everyone who believes in me will be saved. Oh, let me read Mark 16. In my name, you cast out demons. You will speak in new tongues. They will take up servants. They will drink anything deadly. By no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Um, so we, we have the commission given to um, the New Testament believers. The Holy Spirit was going to come. Jesus said, wait until it does. You will receive power from on high. You will be my witnesses. Um, it, if we have the entire picture of God, you know, the scriptures say that Jesus came to show the Father. What is unseen, mm-hmm. he came to show us what's unseen by being the perfect image in the flesh and, and showing the nature of God, the will of, of God, the, what the kingdom looks like on earth, which is no sickness. If we have this, then what about the scriptures that, that people tend to go to? You know, we tend to look at the story of Job. We tend to look at Paul's quote-unquote thorn. Uh, what are your responses? Uh, my response is, uh, of course, the first response, especially with uh, someone who may know the scriptures well or even uh, sometimes better than me, always referred that, you know, of course, uh, Jesus was a, a shadow of, of things to come, right? So, um, of course, going back into the Old Testament, which is more the historical point of things, um, which a lot of people take out of context when you refer to Job and, and, and things like that, always say that Christ was, was there because his word was there and it was moving forth. But Christ in the flesh and his purpose and his mission didn't come until after that. And that's, I mean, it's a pretty uh, self-explanatory. Of course, there's always... Um, you know, some different things that get in the way as far as religion and whatnot. But I always say that Jesus uh, appeared in the New Testament. Uh, those scriptures are clear. They're true. And, uh, of course, if you have faith and you believe in it and, and what it says and you take it word for word, then it's going to resonate within your heart and it's going to resonate uh, within your spirit. So, of course, you know, there, there could be a ton of uh, explanations uh, just kind of going back to the origin of, of Job and and everything like that. I guess maybe we could save that for another time. But, um, sure. but like I said, we you know we believe in New Testament, uh, New Covenant. You know, of course, I'm not uh, disregarding the Old Testament and the historical context of it. Uh, I definitely understand you know uh, the author and where they were going uh, in that right. But we live in a New Testament, so. Amen. So, you know, and one of the things, uh, Tony, along those lines is that I think it's interesting, right? So, I mean, one thing that I've always, um, you know, tried to share with people is when the Bible is progressive revelation. So um, the listeners on this, you know, broadcast, they know that, you know, very big with context uh, and very big with understanding the Bible is progressive revelation and that Job, right, nowhere does Job mention the Mosaic law. Nowhere mm-hmm. is Job mentioned um, taking dominion or authority over the enemy. Um, you know, J- Job simply just yielded his life to the Lord, which right. in and of itself is, is an admirable quality. But nowhere does it show that, that Job exercised dominion over the enemy. Nowhere does it show that he, he made any attempt in any way to exercise any covenant rights. Many people believe that Job lived before the Mosaic law. That's, that's under debate. But the point mm-hmm. is, is that we are now under a new covenant that we have the authority of Jesus. Nowhere in the old covenant did Jesus say, all authority has been given to me, so in my name you take dominion over all the works of the devil. Right, and, right. And, you know, and so we, we're moving 
you know, forward for that. The, the other thing that I, that I think is that without getting into Paul Thorne too much, but, you know, really Paul Thorne, you, you know, um, was it Bosworth that wrote uh, Christ the Healer that talks about that? For those of you that are interested, there's Christ uh-huh. the Healer out there, and there's an entire chapter dedicated to dismantling Paul Thorne. I'm, act- I'm actually shocked that there's still so much dead tradition in this teaching about Paul Thorne. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, it says, if you do not drive out these Canaanites from you, they will be thorns in your side and pricks in your eyes. And mm-hmm. when you, we actually study Paul Thorne, it talks about how we tr- traditional interpretation has deliberately mistranslated a lot of the Greek meaning. So instead of it saying that the enemy attempted to assault uh, Paul through persecutions, and and try to dissuade him and discourage him from the surpassing revelation that he had being passed on to the body of Christ and to the lost. Um, we have taken it to, well, God gave Paul a sickness to prevent him from walking in the full revelation that God himself was the one that gave him. <laughs> so right, when I right. step back and look at it, 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 none of it makes any sense. But for those of you that are interested – uh, we could do a whole study on that. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll do that another time. But Paul yeah. Thorne, uh, Christ the Healer, yeah, is amazing. There's a chapter just on Paul Thorne, and and um, yeah. there's just many that haven't got a hold of that teaching. That I, I'm just I'm shocked at how many people still are not aware of um, the misteaching of of Paul Thorne. But uh-huh. anyway, so Tony, so Tony, going through that, do you see then that healing is an integral part of sharing the Great Commission? Do you, do um, you I definitely... feel that? Go ahead. No, no, no. Go right ahead. Oh no, I I agree. It's um it's a very very big part uh, of the of the New Testament. I mean, clearly there's two things that led up um uh, to that monumentous you know event uh, that Jesus you know rose again and came back from the dead. There was uh, two events. You know, of course we all know the story. You know, he was whipped and beaten to the point of uh, you couldn't even recognize him. Now that wasn't, you know, that wasn't for nothing. Yeah, you know, and he knew that. That wasn't just, oh, I need to, you know, be just be beat just for the sake of being beat. He knew that there was there was two things that needed to essentially cleanse humanity, you know, for fu- for past, present, and future. That was through healing. And, and, and then also, you know, the sins being uh, forgiven. So two things, just kind of one after another that led up to the big event, which, you know, categorically, that's, that's three things. That's three big things that happen, uh, New Testament, that leads us into that we now live. So, I, of course, three of the biggest things historically that could ever happen in 6,000 years plus of, of humanity. So, yes, I definitely agree that it is an extremely integral part of our life as Christians. Tony, can you reiterate those three points again that took place uh, at the cross? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, number one, he was, you know, whipped and, you know, beaten basically for, uh, for our healing, for, you know, his body taking such uh, uh, such a, a beating and to the point of uh, where people didn't even recognize him. Okay, that was a that was a the first point, and then the second point: him uh, every every drop of blood being being dropped 
or being dripped out for our sins. So every blood paid that price uh, for us, uh, for our sins to be forgiven. So that's the second point. And then the third thing was he rose again. So he conquered every, uh, everything that led up to now what we live in as a new covenant life. Amen. And God, you know, it, God's it, very good at, at math, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you know, it's funny because for so long, before I really dug into, um, you know, I mean, the Lord placed upon my heart a desire for um, to see people um, healed. You know, you know, the more anger that I had at sickness, the more that I, I, I really just um, drew closer to the Lord in my relationship with him, the more I began touching his heart. Uh, what's important to him and what's on his heart? Who is the, uh, uh, this, this good father? Who is this good God that's a God of love? And the more hatred I began having for, um, for sickness. And I remember when the first time the Lord began telling me, you know, begin studying, um, you know, the communion. Begin studying. Uh-huh. You actually get, you know, you've been, we've been reciting this forever. And we say, well, here's the, the blood that was taken for sins and here's my body that was broken for me. And we, and we just... We say, oh, well, well, the blood is for the sins. Well, if, if the cup, if the wine was for the forgiveness of sins, if his blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins, why was his body broken? When we are mm-hmm. partaking of the bread of Christ, what are we partaking of? You know, he said, uh-huh. my body was broken for you, and by his stripes we are healed. And right. I just think it's, it, it's just awesome because, you know, our religion and fear of stepping out, you know, the fear of what if and – you know, for the past year, um, you know, on on Zeal for Your House, on, on this broadcast, we talk about the mind of Christ, walking in agreement with God's word, and how that takes some courage. But, um, you know, if we stop and we actually look and say, okay, what is the Lord really saying here? What did mm-hmm. he really give us access to? Um, we realize he gave us forgiveness, forgiveness of sins through the blood, and then he's given us the body to be, to be whole, because Jesus' body was broken. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. have to have his body um, destroyed the way it was. It wasn't just about the blood. It was about his body being broken. That's why we partake of both. Uh, yeah. And then just, you say, taking dominion over death. Uh, right. One of the things, and I'm sure you'll, 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 you've, we've both heard this many times, Tony, is how would you respond to someone that says, well, if that's the case, then how come we don't live forever? <laughs> Right. I mean, well, yeah. I just slam yeah. with that a, a lot. Yeah. You know, I no, I I do too. You know, and you know, you can go through uh, a, a lot of uh, Genesis, or of course, where it refers to, you know, man shall live 120 years and whatnot. You know, I kind of go with that. I said, yeah. <laughs> I said the bar yeah. is about 120 years. You know, of course, I, I would love to see many, many generations pass in, but you know, let's just be honest, man. 120 years—that's a good long life to live. Amen. <laughs> One of the in, in, on, and jumping on that, Tony, what um, has always stuck out for me when people have asked me, "Well, why don't we live forever?" You know, I go back to before the law, before uh-huh. the curses of the law that were given for a certain period of time, which we're no longer under. Everyone wants to curse the law, and um, just so much in the body of Christ, we're cursing each other, cursing each other. And realize the the law was around for a couple thousand years. Uh, the garden to the patriarchs up until, you know, Abram, 
um, who later became renamed Abraham, was, was, became the father of the nations. And then up through the patriarchs, up until the time when the Mosaic law was given, you have a couple of thousands of years of mankind living in communion with God. There was no law. There was mm-hmm. no curse of the law. And the way that those patriarchs, if we study the patriarchs, none of them died from sickness. They just, it's no. as the Lord says, it's your time to go. Gather your family, set your house in order. And, and the, the word says, right, they, they put up their feet, they said goodbye to everybody, and they released and they their went. spirit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, and, 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 and so there's, a, there's a, what is raised, what is sown corruptible, right? Sin resides in the flesh. We have to be given a new body. But how the body, how that clock winds down is not meant to be in a way that glorifies sin. Our bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That temple is meant to wind down like a clock, not erode, right. uh, you know, in, in sickness. So, um, yeah, and I know yeah. you and I have talked about that a lot. Yeah, there, absolutely. There's, there's limitations, uh, you know, on this, uh, as we like to call it, our, our rental, our earth rental. Yes, that's you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, I can't wait for the yeah. new one, I'll be honest. <laughs> and we get to, you know, uh, of course, when we when we get to experience that that love of God, and we have that freedom, and we have that, you know, just um, what what uh, Christ means and what Christ has done for our lives. You know, when you consider um, what's to come, as far as uh, the, you know, moving on into heaven, you consider you know, the greatness and everything else that, you know, you get to walk with, with Christ, you get to be with him, you get to be with the, you know, in the heavenly with, with the angels and getting to glorify him just nonstop. And there's no sickness and there's no pain. And I, that's pretty awesome to me. I'll hit 120 and just, you know, when it's my time, I'm, I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced my glorified body will have a lot more hair on my head too. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll be a little bit taller and a little bit slimmer. (laughs) So, Tony, so let's, you know, this is so, all right, let's go into the real meat of it. Let's go into a little bit more pray for people. Can you, can you walk us through how do you approach um, when we go to, I mean, my listeners heard all the time, and I talk about it all the time uh, on my on my website, on my blog. So I, I try to share interactions that that take some of the things I share and just apply it. Here's how it looks in every day, in our everyday walk with the Lord. So you know, where we're meeting a stranger at a gas station, we're meeting someone at the supermarket, at the movie theater. Um, you know, it, it, there's endless and endless every moment of the day. If we just continue to open up our hearts, Lord, there's opportunity to, to pray for someone. Can you walk us through how do you go about doing this? How? Give me an example. Can you think of something recently where you just, you know, laid hands on the sick? But before you did that, what is your, what is your approach, right? From your, We're spirit beings. We have a soul, right? So we have a mind, will, and emotions. Our soul must come into alignment with the kingdom. We're, we're to walk yeah. in the mind of Christ. What is your thinking? What is your perspective? How do you approach that um, when right, you're right. going to uh, lay hands with someone? Well, so, uh, of course, you know, when, when we started um, just, I, I guess you could say, just really, uh, you know, activating ourselves uh, in this, you know, it was a little – it was a little shaky, you know, it's like getting out there to, uh, 
you know, play in the big leagues, you know, for the first sure. time, it's, you have, you have jitters, you know, and you kind of, you grow and the more you do it, the, the, I would say the more comfortable you get in your approach. Um, so of course the first, I don't know, 20, 30 times, uh, was probably not the best way to approach people, you know, cause I would yeah. just go up to people and like, almost to the point of following them to wherever they went. And if I saw something that just looked out of place, I discerned it and I just went straight to them. Like, you know, beeline for the healing. That was yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. now, yep. I, you know, and I've, I've used um, different methods, but I think the method that works um, best for me, and I'm not saying that it works or, you know, or maybe it can work uh, for anyone else, but I've spent many, many years through the process of uh, like sales training, corporate training and, and things like that. And what I have found that all it takes is something really basic, really easy, really simple. And I know the listeners are probably like, yeah, I'm ready for this. All it takes <laughs> is a smile. Mm-hmm. That's it. You can look tell at someone, about that, right? Tell us, tell us more yeah, absolutely. That. So, um, of course, the, the best way to get people's attention, whether in gas stations, department stores, on the public someplace or park, um, is to smile at them. And then, you know, that gives you um, a, a chance to engage. So once you engage, you, you say, hey, how are you doing? And, and then if they speak back to you or if they say something back to you, then you know that you have a little bit of uh, a leeway to just kind of uh, move strategically into uh, speaking about or sharing the love of Christ to them. And uh, that's kind of my, that, that has been my approach for the last, um, I would say, three years. I I've, I've did it the same way, and sometimes it has not worked, which is fine, <laughs> but most of the time it has worked. But I felt that, um, you know, people are, um, especially people nowadays, are extremely hesitant to uh, talk with strangers. Um, so if you just, you know, like I said, if you just beeline it right at people, they're going to be a little hesitant. If you just walk up to them and be like, uh, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but I'm just saying it doesn't always work for me. And it, it did in the past, but sometimes it did. But um, really, like I said, it's, it's, it's a very easy process. It's just trying to break down uh, those barriers because people have, people walk in defense mode. Uh, all the time, sure. um, you know, and the best way to just uh, kind of soften it up a little bit is, like I said, you smile, engage with them. You have uh, dialogue now, and if you ask how they're doing, you get to go into other things. You get to go into other areas. Um, you get to ask them about, hey, you know, do you have family or um, do you have uh, or what do you like to do for fun? Just some simple things like that. But on the meanwhile, you're just building up um, some good conversation um, and you're ready to go into it. And you're ready to share the love of Christ at that point. Um, Now, sometimes it's not – sometimes you can get to uh, see a person and obviously they look like they're in pain, you know. And that's when you just go right up to them and you say, hey, you know, my name's Tony. I'm a minister. And you know what I do? I just go out and I, I, I pray for people. And um, I just pray the love of the Father uh, with people. And, you know, I, I've noticed that you have a little, you know, you, you grimaced a little 
or you look like you're in comfort. And if if it's if it's okay with you, because always I, I want to get their permission. If it's okay with you, can I pray for you? And if mm-hmm. they say yes, perfect, perfect. If they say no, that's okay. <laughs> that's well, okay you know what, Tony, and that's going to get into the, the real meat of it, which I know people are chomping in the bit on. So, okay, so we get past the approach. For me, it's. For me, it's easy. I'm such a mush. It's easy for me to cry when I, when, you know, I, 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 it's very easy for me to feel what someone is feeling. So that's how I usually can make a connection. I usually can go up to them and I, I you know, I tell everybody, just be normal. You know, we as Christians, we don't have to be weird. You know, we, we mm-hmm. just be normal and just, and just love on people. And so I will, I will usually use similar language. I will say, would you be offended if I prayed for you? I've never had anyone say, yes, I would be offended. Um, that just seems yeah. very soft language. But let's jump into the next part. What, what the body of Christ wants to know is when you're approaching healing, right, are you approaching God? You're asking God, God, please, I'm coming to you on behalf of this person, so God, would you please heal them, question mark, question mark? Or, <laughs> okay, I prayed for them. How do I know that the authority of Jesus Christ that Jesus gave us, that we're using in his name, how do we know if healing was released to them? How do I know if um, healing power went into them? How, you know, can, you, can you talk about that a little bit, Tony? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, of course, I, I'm going to give uh, the answer that um, most people uh, don't want to hear. It's, it's easy. It just believe, you know, and it's, it's hard for people to, to really wrap their, their brains around that because, um, and, you know, I kind of uh, go back to like un, unrenewed minds and whatnot. There's so much externally that, you know, is going on in people's minds. It, it almost um, compresses that, that belief or almost smothers the belief out. Yeah, yeah, I I I believe 100% that as I'm walking, as I'm talking, as I'm praying, or you know, whatever the case may be, I fully agree that I am instantly walking in the presence of God, and God, you know, and and His Holy Spirit abides in me. So I feel like I'm always on point in in, in that area. But of course, it uh, you know it, it does. It goes back to just uh, uh, faith and and that belief factor. Um, Tony, would yeah, you say yeah. that that really and kind of we have to understand what lives inside of us and what and who we are in the new covenant, right? For us to really mm-hmm. get, you know, in other words, the traditional traditional church theology and and theological teaching is well, if you have the quote unquote gift of healing, then you can pray, as opposed to the recognition, the understanding is we understand that we are vessels of the Holy Spirit, that mm-hmm. we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that we are, are given the gift of righteousness, that as we are just walking in agreement that we are to carry out the will of the Father on the earth, that it's not even a question that we are releasing 24-7 is right. the manifest presence of the kingdom of God. And healing is right. just one component of that. Yes, yes, because the Holy Spirit is an unlimited force of energy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely unlimited. So it's like you said, it's 24-7. It's, if, if you're walking in it, you, you best believe you're talking in it. So it just it, it flows, you know, 
naturally. It just, that's for me, that's the way it, it, it comes out. And, you know, for most people, of course, being in institutionalized, um, institutionalized church or religion, of course, there's these, um, uh, like strains, you know, <laughs> almost keeping that, that truth, or maybe not even uh, almost, really it is. It's keeping that truth away from them. And what they need uh, to know is that it's, it's there. If the Holy Spirit is, is in you, it is there, no matter what. And just, you know what, it has to be exercised. That, I'm just going to jump in just for a second because the Lord is just speaking to me. And you made a comment that the Lord brought back to my attention that, that the Holy Spirit is uh, uh, healing energy. Listeners, just so that we, we don't have a lot of time, but um, just so that you understand what Tony's saying, he's not saying the Holy Spirit is energy. Uh, we agree and we confess that the Holy Spirit is one person of, of what we call the Trinity, that he is God in completeness, that, that the Father times the Son times the Holy Spirit, one times one times one is God. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Godhead. So we are not saying, and I know Tony, so I know what he's not saying is that the Holy Spirit is energy. What he's talking about is that the power of the kingdom, that from God's heart, from God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the scriptures say that all things were created for and through and by the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the Father initiates the Holy Spirit, uh, excuse me, the Son carries out the will of the Father, and the Holy Spirit functions as the Godhead by their own design, not by ours, mm-hmm. their own design, is that the power of God's kingdom is made manifest through the Shekinah or manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. So we're not That's saying right. new age, new age will water things down. They'll take Absolutely not. the gospel, <laughs> right? Right. Okay. So for listeners to understand a little bit and help even clarify rounding out what Tony's saying here is that when we are more aware and tuning into and recognize and agree that we are new covenant children of God, that the temple is our bodies, and that when as we pray, when we are fulfilling the will of the Father, the scriptures, we know there's no sickness in heaven. And when Jesus introduced the Our Father, he was introducing them the concept that we are going to be called to do what the will of the Father is in heaven, we are to carry out on the earth. That's why Jesus always said, I only do what I see my Father doing. And when he talked about the Our Father, he said, your will on earth be as it is in heaven. When we are laying hands upon someone, we're not asking God to heal. We are acknowledging that the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is in us. He desires for the kingdom to manifest on earth. And when we step out in faith in agreement with his will, we are releasing the healing power of the kingdom of God made manifest. So when, when the scriptures say, when, when Paul says to, to the beggar that was on the, 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 the side of the road, when he and John were heading off to fellowship, they weren't heading off to heal somebody, guys. They were heading off to fellowship. And when Paul turns to the beggar who was asking for money, he says, I don't have any gold or silver. I don't have any money. But what I do have, I give you. Mm-hmm. He didn't give healing. That's what a lot of people don't understand. He didn't Amen. give healing. He released the kingdom. He released the nature of the kingdom, the love, the joy, the peace and patience, the purity. The very nature of God is, a, is 
yeah, it's so hard to say it without uh, people trying to not meaning to, but take that because the new age has robbed so much of the language, but there is, yes. there is life. There's the scriptures say there's life in the blood. There's life. If, if, you know, we stand before the throne of God, we're not walking around on tippy toes. You know, heaven isn't quiet. There is activity going around. If we read the scriptures, there's a lot of noise going around in heaven and the, what emanates from his heart is the very nature. His nature is pure. That's why everything that Jesus touched manifested, it came into alignment with the nature of heaven. The alignment, the spiritual DNA of heaven is life, is purity, is wholeness, is peace, is of sound mind. So when Peter said, what I have I give you, he was giving the kingdom. And when the kingdom is released to the spirit man, it's called salvation. When the kingdom is released to the soul, it's called deliverance. And when the kingdom is released to the body, it's called healing. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, we're releasing the kingdom. Right, Tony? Three parts. You know, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a three-part deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Going back to the three, yeah, right, the three parts. And, but I just yeah. wanted to clarify that because the Holy Spirit was just tapping me on the shoulder and saying just so that there's not a stumbling block to anybody, we're not saying the Holy Spirit is a spirit force but rather that the, the nature of God is life and energy. The life right. that are in Adam, guys, if you can think about this, atoms have life. Atoms have movement. Everything that we touch and see, even in this physical realm, has movement because it's, it's life that's coming from the throne room, from God's hand that creates. God doesn't create death. He creates life. And that life is power. That life is force. That life is energy. Satan can only rob. He can only counterfeit. There's no counterfeit $3 bills, guys. There's only counterfeits what takes place in the kingdom. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to clarify yeah. that, that part. Hey, so, thank you so much, okay, David, Tony, for so, clarifying that up. <laughs> no, I, Tony, I've been, I've been there. And you know, you know, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. That's not oh, where I, I was going, it's, listeners. <laughs> Tony, what's so funny is that I, I didn't even catch it. The Lord is so gracious to the body of Christ and, and to us and to the listeners. Um, that he he brought that to my mind, so I don't even know exactly uh-huh. that. I'll have to re-listen to to the broadcast and hear what it was. But he's just so awesome. He's so faithful. Tell me, let's we have a couple minutes left. I, I I we can do we can talk more about this and get into more meat another time. Um, but I wanted to keep this under around forty five minutes. Can you tell us? Do you always see immediate results? Can you give me some examples? Can you give me some life examples of what you can give people? And if you don't always see immediate manifestation, does that change your thinking? Does that change how you approached it? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, yes to your question. I, I have not always seen um, or have gotten 100% uh, results or immediate results uh, for that. But I have seen them and. You know, once you believe, you believe. Once you've seen it once, um, yeah, I, I guarantee you that solidifies what it means, um, especially for what Christ did for us. So all you have to do is see it once. You know, of course, um, one one example, um, and I'm kind of going back in, in history a little bit, uh, and, and this is more of a personal a matter I, my oldest son who's, who's now 10 it was the first time i had ever thought about uh, praying for someone and my son had uh, an eczema it was almost as large as a 50 cent uh, piece 
on his uh, right cheek and is very visible, um, you know, and very apparent that it irritated him, it bothered him. And, you know, of course, to see your, your, your children go through something like that, you know, it's just, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's unbearable. And it's, <laughs> so I can, you can almost imagine um, uh, listeners, you can imagine what the father sees in us when he sees things, you know, like we're going through, um, you know, frustrations and sickness or, you know, uh, issues with our our personal finances or whatever the case may be. So you can imagine what the father sees in us as in us as his children, as I did um, that day uh, in my child. And so it was really just this like click. I said, you know, I told my wife, I looked at her and I said, yeah, this has to work. I believe that it, it'll work. And I'd never prayed for anyone. And all I did was I put my left hand on his right cheek and it wasn't, you know, anything um, extravagant. I just put my hand on his face and I said, in Jesus name, you are healed at eczema. It leaves right now in the name of Christ. And that was it. It was, it was, it was easy. It was five seconds at the most. And I literally saw this, his eczema patch, like, disintegrating, like, before my eyes, like it was fading away. And I, I tell this story because it's, it's phenomenal, because that's just the introduction for me. Um, as I'm looking at it, you know how everybody wakes up in the morning and, they, and they're groggy and, you know, they have the, the matter or whatnot in their eyes and they're, you know, just trying to adjust their vision. That's the way it was for me. And I was thinking to myself, this is amazing. You know, number one, I was relieved because my child would no longer have to go through this again. Um, But number two, I was just so joyous and just uh, absolutely ecstatic because I knew this was the real deal at that point. And yeah. then I, you know, I, I wanted to see more and I've seen, you know, instant results with um, things like headaches and uh, people's legs growing out and, and stuff like that. I've not always seen immediate results and that's, you know, but it doesn't deter me from uh, continuing. It, it actually makes me want to go out there more because we do, we, we have victory in Christ. We don't, we don't suffer defeats we may take some miniature losses but that doesn't mean that we have to just kind of set back and 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 wallow in it that means you go out and you hit it just as hard as you did the week before the day before and you just continue in the process because we're soldiers uh, for christ and what we do uh or what the privilege that we have to do such a thing uh here in this lifetime is, is amazing so I just want to encourage you all just to never give up ever because, um, you know, the devil is, you know, he's a 24 seven, a kind of a guy. So, you know, of course, as Christians, we're supposed to uh, be better than that. Amen. So, Amen. Tony, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to have to do this again soon. There's just so much to cover. I mean, we're just, 
really this is just kind of an appetizer to what everyone's appetites. Um, you know, we're, we're really just touching the surface. Um, but I want to thank yeah. you for coming on. I know that you, you, you've taken the time out of your busy evening. You have a lot going on and you, you serve the body of Christ a lot out there in, in your town and, and, uh, in your local community. So I don't want to, I want to hold you up anymore. I'll finish this up in a minute here, but I want to thank you for coming on and, and, um, and, and thank you for taking the time to explain these things. And we got to do this again real soon. Absolutely. I had fun and, and uh, definitely loved the, uh, the opportunity to be able to share this uh, with you all. And I hope it was a blessing, whoever's out there listening. And, you know, I, I want to do it again. Thank you, Tony. Well, we'll talk real soon. You and I will hook up. We're, we'll connect and uh, we'll do this again real soon. Thanks so much, Tony. Awesome. God bless you. And I'll talk hey, to you real thank soon. Thank you, guys. God bless you, too. You Have bet. a good night, guys. Thanks, Tony. Thanks. Guys, um, you know, I, I understand that this is really just has been um, really an appetizer. Uh, there's a, there's so much more we can go on, but but it's like all that we we talk about, all that we discuss, um, you know, here, uh, you know, on Blog Talk, on Zeal for Your House, with you know, what I'm attempting to share is to understand what it means to be a son and daughter of the living God. As we understand, we we really. We, to the degree that we don't understand the new covenant, to the degree that we mingle new covenant and old covenant, to the degree that we take passages of what Jesus said and, and not recognize who his audience was, or, or we go under old covenant to try to sandwich something under the law, um, it's to the degree of confusion that we're going to have in our walk. You know, Romans 8 says that the old man has been crucified, that when we believe Jesus, died for our sins, when we confess with our hearts, believe and confess, believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths, that the scriptures say what happens is the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. He makes his abode in us. We become the righteousness of Christ. We become holy and sanctified. And when, when that happens, right, Colossians 1.23 says, And you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, has been made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. Ephesians 2.1, and you have been made alive who were dead in trespasses. Uh, Galatians 3.27, for all of you who were, past tense, who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. All this is past tense. We become new creatures. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us now. So as we begin to meditate on that, the next step of understanding is, well, if, I, if I'm an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, what am I an ambassador of? See, that takes us to understanding the kingdom. Now we begin to, to seek the nature of God, the kingdom of God, and, and from there we look to the earth ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles and, and the disciples to a lesser degree because they weren't perfect. But if, if their limiting factor, if, if you know, I, people, I always get a kick out of them and say, well, Paul didn't, you know, you know Paul left uh, so-and-so sick in, in Miletus and was sick. And when I say, well, you know, when we, you know, when Paul says, well, you know, who's going to save me from this wretched, you know, sin in this body? And, and even Paul struggled. Here's my answer to that, guys, very common sense. We have grown in the renewing of our minds and understand the new covenant, who we are, and have chosen to accept it and agree with God and not contend with his word, not mix covenants, not go into old covenant. 
when we begin to walk and do the healings and miracles and move in the gifts of the spirit and move more importantly in the nature of the spirit, that's more important that we look from the inside out. We reflect the love of Jesus Christ. When we begin to approach that level of what Paul walked in and then we don't get a hundred percent results, then we can say, maybe we can hang our hat and say, well, that's good enough. Not me. The Lord Jesus Christ is my standard, not the apostle Paul. But for those of you that like to go out there and say, well, even Paul didn't have it perfect. Yeah, but, you know, um, Paul Paul did pretty good. And so if we want to limit ourselves to a standard of Paul, when we do as much as, as Paul has done, then we can say, well, then we've maxed out. Um, but the body of Christ has a lot of room to, to grow, and we have a lot to, to grasp. As we understand, guys, that we've been made the righteousness of Christ, that we have been made a new creature, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Colossians 1.21, Ephesians 1.4, Hebrews 10.10, Ephesians 1.6, we've been accepted in the beloved. We've been sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ. We're holy and blameless. Um, These are scriptures I, I, I throw out again and again and again and again and again because they are the new covenant. As we begin to stop contending with God, because of our own insecurity, our own woundings, our, our environment was meant to model the image of the invisible God, right? And Adam and Eve messed it all up. Not saying I would have done any better. They messed it all up. And Romans says they exchanged the glory of God for a lie. So the, those that are meant to model Christ in our lives didn't do what they were supposed to do. And as a result, our thinking contends with what God says. And we create theology to back it up. We create uh, dogmas and doctrines. We create things that are not scripturally sound. We surround ourselves with those that are not willing to, to, to step out in faith because it keeps us safe. And God loves us no matter what. It doesn't matter. He loves us unconditionally. But he has so much more of his love that he wants us to experience. He doesn't withhold it. It's that we shed it out. It remains trapped in our spirit, man. The Holy Spirit remains trapped in our spirit. It's meant to flow out into our soul, into our mind, into our heart, and eventually out through our bodies, to where our bodies are manifesting what our soul believes, which is yielding to what our spirit man knows, because that's where the Holy Spirit dwells. And as we begin to just meditate on that, you know, I began racking up the counts. I would, you know, listen to people like Todd White, and some of you may not like Todd White, but I can only avoid saying people's names for so long. Um, I do my best to really stay just mainstream in teaching our identity in Christ and teaching about who we are as children of God and teaching on the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Um, but Todd White is just a man who, who he loves God, and as a result, he loves strangers. He loves the body of Christ. He loves the lost. And um, I remember hearing his testimony years ago when he really wasn't well-known, when I was just trying to soak up any person to help me out because I was praying for every stranger I saw, not out of compulsion, but because my heart just broke for people. The more time that I spent with the Lord, the more I began to feel the compassion of the Lord for people. And, um, you know, the story is that Todd White laid hand on a couple hundred people before he saw his first result. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's crazy. 
And then before long, as the year went by, two years went by, I realized, man, I'm starting to rack up the count here. I've approached a couple hundred myself. And not that I haven't prayed for people and haven't seen people healed. I would go up to someone, initiate, you are sick. This is a work of the devil. God came in the flesh to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus has given me all authority. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. What I see is the kingdom of darkness manifesting, right? Because sin, guys, right? Not just sin, but sickness. If we take it to its end result is death. Sin led to its end result leads to spiritual death and separation from God. Sickness left to its end result leads to physical death. None of that is part of the kingdom. And so as I began to meditate on who is inside of me, it wasn't that it took failures to have a success, but rather every time I didn't see a result, I went back and I submitted that encounter to the truth of God's word. Where I said, God, I laid hands on that person. I didn't see any results, but your word says, let every man be true. Every man be a liar. You are true. Let every man be a liar. So I submit that encounter that I don't understand I don't understand why. I believe in my heart that when I pray that healing is released, I don't understand it, but your word is true. End of story. There are no ifs in kingdom. There are no ifs in belief. Right? Faith just means to believe. There's no ifs in, in anything. Everything must bow to the name of Jesus. And every time I pray for someone, and every time I just release the love of God in that person, I would go back before my prayer closet and I would just praise him that his word was true and that healing was released. And what began to happen, guys, is the more that I spent time with the Lord, the more that I began renewing my mind, confessing who I was as a son of God, that what began to happen is I began becoming more and more sensitive, not just to the Holy Spirit's presence when I was in prayer, but I began to walk in a greater awareness of his presence as a son of God because I was tuning in more and more to the things of the kingdom. See, I wasn't tuning into healing. We tune into him. Healing is a byproduct of the kingdom. Prosperity is a byproduct of the kingdom. Um, peace is a byproduct of the kingdom. The Sabbath rest, I'm not talking about a day, I'm talking about the scriptures say there is a Sabbath rest for those that remain in Christ. The rest, the peace that surpasses understanding is a, is a byproduct of abiding in our thinking in the kingdom. That's why the Lord says, I will set a table for you in the midst of your enemies. We like to go old covenant and say, let's destroy all our enemies, thinking it's people, right? There's only one enemy, guys, the dominion of darkness. Everyone is either a, a, a brother and sister of the Lord or is a prisoner of war, i.e. the lost. You know, these prayers of, you know, breaking the mouths of the, the enemy yeah, that's old covenant, guys. We got one enemy. If we're focused on people, we're not focused on the heart of the Father because the scriptures say while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He died so that all may be saved and come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. All. Um, anyway, back to my point. Um, just to round this out a little bit, we will talk and discuss more about this with more scripture Um with more meat, this is just really an appetizer, but the more that I began meditating on who I was as a son, the more that I began meditating on who he was as my, the more I began meditating on the love of Jesus 
that laid down his life to redeem his estranged children that hated him, that are steeped in sin, the more I began to realize, I just don't have any clue how big his love is. I want to find out more about that. I want to know. I want to attempt to plumb the depths of God's love, which is impossible. It's, it's bottomless. And as I began meditating on who I was and the power of God living inside me, the Holy Spirit, guys, is God. As Holy Spirit speaks to us and communes with us and bears witness to his word, as bears witness to the will of the Father, as bears witness to the testimony of Jesus Christ, I began becoming more and more aware of his peace, of his presence, of the realm of the Spirit around me and the kingdom within me. And as that began happening, it wasn't a conscious decision. I realized I would see someone at at the gas station and I would just feel their hurt. I began feeling. I began suffering with those who were suffering. I began identifying the sufferings of Christ. Guys, here's something that, that the church doesn't like talking about. When we like to say that we need to identify with the sufferings of Christ, one of the sufferings of Christ is him bearing the burden that there are those that are rejecting him. There are those that have not received him as Savior while the church turns its back on the heart of the Father and the expressed will that took place on the cross, which was to redeem all mankind. Part of the sufferings of Christ is bearing his heart of how much he loves and died, not willing that any should perish. So for those of us that want to talk about well, you know, praise God, I just allow myself to go through the rejection and, and the pain and, and, and I'm misunderstood. I get it, guys. Please believe me. Just borrow my faith in this. I get it. I get it. But there's more to the Christian walk. Jesus says my burden is light because as we transform our thinking to come in agreement with the kingdom is peace. We don't care about rejection because we're not entrusting ourselves to man. We're bond servants of Jesus Christ. We're not looking for the approval of man. You know, there's this popular mantra, you know, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He won't do anything to embarrass you. That is such a demonic half-truth scripture, and let me explain why. And I'm really not rabbit-trailing too much. I'll wrap this all around back again, guys. The only way we can get embarrassed is if we're caring about what other people think. So that means if I'm getting embarrassed, I am moving by the carnal mind that I died to. So God will never embarrass me because God has set me free from the bondage of the carnal man that I died to when I picked up the Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ, there is no embarrassment. In Christ, there is no shame. In Christ, there is no fear of failure or inferiority. If we're feeling those things, we are moving by a demonic mindset. We have picked up, dug up the carnal man out of the grave, and we've chosen to identify ourselves with the old man that died when we died with Christ. The scriptures say, if we were crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live in the flesh by the Son of God who loved himself and gave himself for me, Galatians 2.20. So, We reckon ourselves dead to sin, Romans 6, but alive to Christ. We put on the new self. 
So whenever we're, we're, we're nervous or something or we say, well, you know, I don't want to get embarrassed or God wouldn't embarrass me, um, he's looking to set us free from all areas that hold us in bondage to that carnal-minded man that opposes kingdom. Now, I, please hear me, right? There's a ditch to everything. There are extremes to every truth in the kingdom. There are errors to everything. I am not saying God's going to go tell you to strip off your clothes and run down the street naked, right? Uh, there's just, oh, man. right? Uh, you know, don't make me say something I'm not. What I'm saying is God, in his love and faithfulness, will move us into greener and greener pastures. We will move into deeper and deeper realms of the kingdom. If God asks us to do something, it's he is positioning things to invite us to enter into a deeper aspect of the kingdom, which sets us free more and more. And as I began meditating on his goodness, wrapping this all up, as I began to becoming more, more in tune to this, I just wanted to lay hands on people. I just wanted to pray for them. And I remember one of the first times, there was a stranger, there was an, an elderly lady that was in a supermarket, and I just was standing next to her on the line, and, and I just wanted to hug her. You can't, right? Because you've got to be normal, people, right? Brothers and sisters, we've got to be normal. So I turned to her, and I said, Miss, I said, you're going to think this may sound a little bit strange. I said, but I have a relationship with God. I, I believe in reading the Bible, and, and I keep it very low-key, guys. I'm really low key. Um, and I just, I just wanted to know that I just have such love for you. I just, I, just, I just feel like God wants you to know that you are loved. And she just, her eyes welled up with tears. She started silently crying right there on that line. And I said, Miss, would you be offended if I just prayed for you? I said, I just get the sense that you're dealing with a lot of pain in your lower back. Would you mind if I prayed for you? And, of course, she just nodded, and I prayed for her. And that was the first time when I prayed, I just felt his kingdom, which was around me, his love for me, which is in me. I just felt it flow from me into that person. And her pain just went away. And as we begin to understand, we're not trying to get God to move, that we we are the spigot. The Holy Spirit is a river of life on the inside of us. And as we yield and agree with him, we open up the spigot to let him flow. He's always looking to flow. Everything Jesus did was, was bringing the kingdom to those people around him. As we begin to approach just being with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Everything around us is just an extension of that. Long before I ever began uh, healing people, right? And we say, uh, when I say healing, right, you know, it is, it is the kingdom of heaven doing it. There's nothing in myself. I'm just a vessel, right? I'm, I'm just a vessel, you know. When we, you know, we get so sometimes caught up with words, right? But so when I say I'm healing someone, right, I'm, I'm healing them by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing special in me other than God says I'm, pretty awesome because I'm the righteousness of Christ and so are all of you. Um, but long before I ever prayed and, and, and saw manifestations and, and, and whether instant or the next day or the next week, um, before ever that, I would pray for people just for their hearts. 
you know, I just began having compassion for people. And long before I ever, ever even thought to pray healing for them, I would just ask if I would pray them, and I would just release God's love upon them. Not once did I ever question, God, I'm praying that you would give them peace. Will you really do it? I never once questioned that. When I prayed for, for the peace of God to come upon them, when I prayed for that their hearts that were hurting and I would sense that people were suicidal, and I just prayed that God of peace would be upon them. I never once stopped, oh, gee, I wonder if God's going to honor this prayer. Because I had so much love for that person that I knew, God, that's not me. That's the Lord. And he wants to just flow through me to touch those around me. Healing is no different, guys. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's our mindset and, and the church that has made it into something that is never meant to be. And don't get down on yourself. You don't have to put any pressure on yourself. If you want to pray for something, you don't want to say, I'm going to heal you right now in Jesus' name. You, don't, you can grow into that. You don't have to do that. You, know, you, don't, you, don't, you will get to that place. Believe me, you'll get to that because it's a byproduct of knowing what's in you and who's in you. You know, but in the beginning, I would just say, would you, would you be offended if I prayed for you? And a lot of times today, I still take that approach because I don't want to be weird. But I'll give you an example, and then we'll, we can end with this. We can talk more about this. But um, So I, I had a friend of mine that uh, is a Christian, and, and um, this person's uh, ears were bothering him. And I prayed for many people um, w- w- that have had earaches, um, uh, uh, many, uh, and several of them recently. Um, but there's one person that, that was complaining that they were having an earache and they were just in an irritable mood because of this. And I just asked them, I said, what's, what's bothering you? What's wrong? And it came out that they, they couldn't hear out of one of their ears. So I said, well, let me pray for you. I, pray. I knew they were a Christian. I knew they were born in Christian. And they, they just smirked at me. It gave me the, you know, the, just a real you know, smirk. I said, you don't, you don't believe that, that God can heal you? He said, no, I believe he can. I just don't believe that he's going to do it through you right now. And it wasn't anger, it wasn't frustration, it wasn't anything, it was love. And I just, at that moment in time, the Lord just, I was just, uh, how do I say it? I was centered. I was, I was in a good place. My thoughts were of his thoughts. I was resting as a child of God. I, I felt God's love in me. I felt God's love around me. I felt the Lord's love for this person. I said, you're going to get healed of that right now. There was no pride in it. I wasn't trying to pump myself or psych myself up. I just knew it in my spirit. I just knew this isn't of the Lord. It's time for this to go. And I just laid hands on his ears and, and I said, you, how is it on a scale of one to 10? He said about an eight. Prayed again. And, uh, and why we pray again? Well, I pray again because I've released life and sometimes I just want to release more of it. Release more of it. You say, well, Jesus only did that once in the New Testament. Yeah, but I'm not Jesus. My goal is to become more and more like Jesus. And the more that I understand that I'm a son of the Father, just like Jesus, who's God, came to the earth as a son of the Father, right? Laid aside his deity. Again, I'm just making sure we're, you know, doctrinally sound. Um, I aspire to that. So I just laid hands on it a second time. And I said, on a scale of one to ten, where you here now? He said, oh, it's about a, about a three or a two. And I was going to lay hands on him a third time. The Lord said, it's done. Let it alone. I said, all right, well, I'm, I'm not going to pray for you anymore. It's done. And he looked at me, smirked, which just amazed me because he went from a, a ten not being able to hear down to a two. Um, 
And uh, I ran into him a couple of days later. I said, you know, how's your ear? He says, oh, it's completely gone. It's completely healed. You know, it's fine. My point is, is that we don't have to put pressure on ourselves, guys. Just have fun. As you spend time with the Lord, there are some that are listening, and here's really where I'm hitting home with this. It's not to convince any of you guys. There are some out there in the body of Christ, their hearts are burning for the sick. Your hearts are burning for those that are sick in spirit, that are sick in soul, that are sick in body. You have the authority. You have the right to use the authority of Jesus Christ that he gave us to use in his name. It's not about us. It's not about whether we're struggling with sin. It's about him. The Holy Spirit came to live inside of the church that we may fulfill the will of the Father on the earth, to bring the goodness of God, to preach the commission with signs and wonders, to reconcile as many children as will receive him. So for those of you that have a burden on your heart for that, just do it. Just begin to meditate on who you are. Become a sponge. I remember someone said to me 20 years ago, he said, David, you have to become like a sponge. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, you have to become so immersed within time, renew your thinking, change your thoughts, get familiar with the Lord in your prayer closet so that you're like a sponge soaked with water, that any situation or circumstance that squeezes upon you, pure water comes out. And I got it. And I never looked back. And does he have his hands full with me? Yes. For those of you saying, you know, well, David kind of thinks high of himself. I think of myself as much as I can the way my heavenly dad sees me, which is what all of the church is supposed to be doing. I am not special in what I do. I'm special because I was created by the Lord, and I get to enjoy being special because I've been reconciled to the Father. So he always loved us but we don't get to enjoy his love until we receive Christ as our savior. Then we get to enjoy restored fellowship. We have this idea that he does the, he, he gets angry with the lost, but we're special because we're his children. That's another false doctrine. That's a lie. I won't go down that rabbit trail for too long, but the scriptures say again, while we were yet sinnered, Christ died for us. Colossians uh, 1:19. Once we were alienated from God and enemies in our mind because of our wicked behavior, He died while we were wicked to redeem the wicked. Why? Because he loved the wicked. And you can say it right. I can hear it. I can hear it. Thank you, Lord. Well, David, that's that's not true. And you go into Old Covenant and you will quote Old Covenant. You are quoting prophecies that were given during the dispensation of the Mosaic Law. The Mosaic Law was given to the Jews to help them discern right and wrong. The law of Moses was given because the people stopped understanding it was about relationship. God hates wickedness, but he loves his creation. He hates sin. He loves the child. He hates the demons keeping the child in bondage. He loves the child and wants the child set free. That's why Jesus came to redeem us while we were yet enemies. Guys, we have to get that into our wheelhouse. We must begin to see things the way the Father sees them. And we can't do that if we're constantly saying, I don't receive his love. I'm unworthy. I'm un-. Yeah, you're unworthy if you think that there's something you can do to earn it. There's not. It's a free gift. Not accepting it 
denying it, saying, well, I'm just a sinner, identifying yourself the way Satan sees you does not glorify God in any way at all. If you have any of your children out there, and if your child kept saying, well, Mommy, Daddy, I just, I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I'm not going to deserve it. No, I can't look you in the eyes. After a while, you'd want to really sit down with them and be like, cut it out. You're my child, and I love you because you're my child. Accept my love for you. Accept my embrace. Yeah, there's nothing we did to earn it. That's why, it's, that's why he's so awesome. That's why he is who he is. That's why the Holy Spirit came inside of us to change us to become just like him. That's intimacy. Healing is just a byproduct of knowing what is inside of us and releasing it. So anyway, I won't talk about uh, that anymore. Um, you know, I will have to have another structured uh, sit down on this and really kind of get into this more. But really the study on healing is not about healing. It's about understanding what's inside of us. If we want to see greater results when we pray for people and know that when we pray, the kingdom is released, number one, we're not asking God to heal. We've got to stop saying that. God doesn't have a hand on the switch and he either releases it or withholds it. The Holy Spirit is in us and it's our job to release the goodness of God. And that's done as we agree in our soul with what our spirit man already knows that's in communion with the Holy Spirit inside of us. I don't, you know, I don't ask God even so many of our prayers, guys, if we stop and look at them are not biblical. You know, I'll have a Christian come to me and say, can you just please pray for my peace? I, I can't ask God to give them peace because the scriptures say we've been given the peace of Christ. The peace is already in our spirit, man, guys. It's that our soul is moving by the carnal mind. It's contending with what's ours. It's chosen a different identity. I pray, what we pray, is I, I just release the kingdom on this person. I just clear out the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere of this of, uh, uh, right over in our communion, the scriptures say, Lord, where two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in the midst of us. And the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. The reason why we could quote that is because it's a principle of the kingdom. The Bible is progressive revelation. It's, it, it, it's principles of the kingdom. He inhabits the praise of his people because we set up an atmosphere of praise. It, it, it's an atmosphere around us that reflects What's going on in heaven, it reflects on earth. So many of us are so sensitive. We walk into a room and we can sense spiritual darkness. Why are we not sensitive to spiritual light? Why are we more tuned and acclimated to the demonic presence, for those of us that discern spirits or just sensitivity? Why can't we discern when someone is walking in great light and has the kingdom of heaven around them and flows from within them? Why are we so tuned into darkness? Our focus is misdirected, guys. Said, and I've adopted as my own. I don't focus on Satan. I don't go looking for demons. But if they get in my crosshairs, I pull the trigger. I'm, my focus is on the throne room. My focus is on the Father's love for me. That the Spirit of the Living God lives on side of me. So, um. That's what we have tonight. This is just a little introduction on, on healing and really healing as an outflow of, of who we are as children of God and what, what we possess inside of us. Um, Dorothy, any questions anyone uh, wanted to share or have any thoughts before we sign off for tonight, before we listen to our fancy extra music? 
Uh, I don't see any questions. Um, no hands up in the queue, so I think we're good to go. Okay, I mean, what I'll probably do next time when we um, meet a couple of weeks, um, for those of you that are tuning in, if not live, but afterwards, um, if you maybe want to tune in live, I'm probably going to open up um, the mic to someone who may have questions about this this teaching at this time um, because I know there are many people that want to release the kingdom, that want to lay hands on the sick and, and to just have a lot of questions. And the, the biggest thing, guys, is you meditate on who you are. Meditate on what Jesus did for you through the cross. And, oh, I'm supposed to, oh, I'm all right, for those of you who have been asking, yes, the book is finally out. It's been published, The Mind of Christ. It's on my blog. You can see there's links to Create Space where you can get it at my cost. Amazon requires it to be a little bit uh, higher. I set them at the lowest cost I could. There's a free PDF on my website, but for those of you who like a hard copy, you can go through Create Space. I know many of you guys just are like the comfort of Amazon. It's a known quotient. You have Amazon Prime. You can order it through there. Um, that is finally released, and many of you guys have reached out to me saying to please mention when that's out. I should have done it in the beginning. Oh, well. Uh, the book, The Mind of Christ, is out. It's available on Amazon, and you can there are links all throughout um, my website, Um And I talk about all this stuff in that book, guys. Uh, it's broken down, knowing our identity, walking it all out, um, and then how that naturally leads to just releasing the kingdom. It is not hard, guys. It's just a decision. It starts with learning it and just accepting it and then walking it out. It is super fun. It's a ton of fun. So anyway, Dorothy, thank you. And um, thank you for opening up uh, this evening as well to Tony. He's a very good friend of mine and, and uh, seen uh, firsthand and performed firsthand some amazing works of, of of the kingdom with healing. And, and he just loves the Lord. He's just such an awesome guy. I'm honored to have him on here. Dorothy, anything on your end? Uh, not that I can think of other than, um, does he have a website if people wanted to get in touch um, with him? Tony does not have a website at this time. Um, okay. He does not have a website at this time, but I will double check with him um, if there's anything in the makings. Um, Another source that you guys can look at in the meantime uh, is uh, JGLM Ministries or Curry Blake. Um, there's, if you go type in YouTube Curry Blake and then go to Australia, um, there's about a 16-part series that is, was recorded when he was out in Australia teaching on healing and the New Covenant. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Um, he is one of the most grounded uh, mainstream, biblically based, no weirdness going on guys out there. He's a solid teacher, um, amazing teacher, and moves in tremendous authority and power when he heals. He has, his backbone of his ministry is laying hands on the sick, uh, healing them, and then uh, winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so he's someone to check out. So anyway, Dorothy, um, you have a wonderful night. A little amped up. I was so excited to have Tony on. I feel like I'm talking 100 miles a New York minute. My New York came out tonight. I can feel it. But um, <laughs> anyway, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, you have a wonderful night, Dorothy, and I will catch up with you real soon. And to all my listeners, God bless you. 
Um, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed. Know that you're loved. And, guys, for, if any of this touches upon your heart, you feel like you just want to heal more, that's the Holy Spirit tugging on your spirit, man. Go for it. Um, just go for it. Dig in. Uh, giving you some good places to start. I address a lot of this stuff in uh, in my book. Um, so hopefully it blesses some, some, some people out there. Anyway, God bless. You have a wonderful week. Dorothy, I will speak to you soon for sure, and we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Good night, David. Father bless. Good night, Dorothy. Father bless you. Fear House. I'm David Murray and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We were hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurray.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your heavenly dad loves you deeply. Thank you.